you have to try this. Okay, just a bite. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to Social Takeout, small bites of social discussion. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Sarai. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars. Um, Actually, if you have any sort of Apple machine, iPhone, or any Apple ID, go give us five stars. AKA go to the Apple store next to you and click five stars on every single computer. (laughs) Yes, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Also, we have uh, a new feature on our website after a number of you said, we don't listen to you on Apple Podcasts. Yes. (laughs) So now (laughs) you can leave a review or comment on our website, hellosocialtakeout.com. So go tell us how much you like our show. Yes, and if you don't like it, keep that to yourself. Um, <laughs> so, what kind of worms are we opening today? Ooh. So, we are talking about whether or not people can change. And I actually have a feeling we aren't going to agree on this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> so, first of all, what do you think? Do you think people can actually change? Oh, I mean, I guess the short answer is no. I don't think that people can like fundamentally change. Um, But what about you? Yeah, that's what I thought. But (laughs) (laughs) like, no, (laughs) you are born an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) So I believe they can change. It is a possibility. I have to Uh say that there. Uh, Okay. Okay. So you just like being wrong, then. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now let's go into why we think what we do. Okay, well, so like, I think that people up to a certain age, um, like basically early childhood development is when like, the way you are solidifies, you know. Um, And then beyond that, I think people can learn and get new information and change their behavior. But I don't think that people can actually change their impulses or their desires for something. So like for me, I'm always going to want to like spend all of my money, like 100% of my money on like dresses and gowns and hair and shopping, (laughs) you know, like that impulse is always going to be there. Um, have I changed? Yeah. Have I changed my behavior? So like I can budget and save and like, you know, have a retirement fund. Yes. But I still want to spend all of that money on shopping, (laughs) you know, shopping from this. (laughs) Well, yeah, but so it's just like, you know, that fundamental desire or impulse, um, doesn't change, I think, you know, like we could even look at alcoholism. So like people who are going through AA, they're not changing their want for drink, they're changing their um, behavior, you know, they still want that drink. Yeah, but they're just not doing it. You need to go <laughs> you know? to SA. What is that? Shoppers. Oh, shopping. Uh, I don't though. <laughs> you know, like, I understand. So that's the other thing. I think that the best we can do is like, be aware of like our possible, our impulses that are possibly self-destructive, you know, and bad for us. Um, And you can still have those impulses, you know, no one's saying you can't, but like, probably you should do what's best for you in the long run and not just like this instant gratification thing. 
Mm-hmm. So we yeah. actually may be a lot more on the same page, I feel. Okay. <laughs> Because you're talking about behaviors over here. So the way I look at the idea of people changing is that it is a possibility, but the mm-hmm. person may not be willing to do so. You know, sure. what I mean? you know, people just yeah. like complain, saying like, oh my God, the world, it's just the way I am and that's it. I'm going to be an idiot and I'm just going to be, continue to do that. That's just the <laughs> sure. way I am. Sort of yeah. idea. You should be willing to do it. I've always been this way. <laughs> I know, like, exactly. Oh, how's that working out for you? <laughs> exactly. So you should be, there's got to be some sort of willingness there. So when it comes to this topic, it is important to also distinguish what we consider changeable and not changeable characteristics in a person. So mm-hmm. I do believe there are core personality traits that I believe cannot be changed or would be like really difficult to change. Like, like, for, like extroversion, for example. Like mm-hmm. I, um, so for me, I, by, by innate nature, I'm actually introvert just because of the fact that uh, I get energy by being alone. That's why check out yeah. a roommates episode. Like I've never, <laughs> I hate roommates. So for example, <laughs> Uh, but I can be extroverted because my job requires me to do so sort of idea mm-hmm. uh, or act it in a way. But, but it that, actually like, right. But that fundamental desire or need for like personal alone space is still there. Exactly. Right. So that I feel cannot be changed or I don't know if with cognitive behavioral therapy or something like that can be changed. I'm not sure. But most people should be able to change things like habits, behaviors, attitudes, you know, like outlook on life, AKA my dad, um, <laughs> you know, physical verbal responses. Those are the kind of things that I do not give people excuses by saying like, this is the way I was born and I'm going to just stick that way. Uh, yeah. I'm like, you can change those things if you actually want to. Now, I just wanted to talk about alcoholism for a second because we bought mm-hmm. that up. So when it comes to something like alcoholism, I consider it to be partly also a disease. I don't know yeah. if that's controversial at all or... Um, because according to the American Addiction Center, genetics are 50% of the underlying reason for alcohol use disorder. Don't ask me any scientific questions because I don't know. But (laughs) I just read this. But I still believe they may be able to get out of that trap at the same time because sometimes it may be taking, like, you know, hitting rock bottom or someone saying, like, I'm going to leave this relationship if uh, you do not get your drinking habits in control. And maybe that would something triggers in them chemically. You know what I mean? So yeah. those, maybe there's a possibility of change, but I a hundred percent do not believe like those core traits can be changed. You know what I mean? Your shopping right. habit. I feel like you can. Yeah, <laughs> like I have you're, is you're what have. I'm saying. No, I don't think that impulse is going away because it's like comforting to me. Like if I feel bad, I can go by these dresses and then I have something and it makes me feel better. But I also know that that is like super destructive behavior. So I've stopped doing that, you know? Right. So you're like controlling the behavior compared to the impulse is still there sort of idea. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that you can change your impulses. I wonder if it's possible though, because those impulses are the reason for that is obviously, um, I don't think it is nature. I think it's more nurture, right? Maybe, like environment. Yeah. So there's this. So I think we talked about this on another episode. Sorry, do you have more to say on that before I go into a tangent? No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I think we talked about this on another episode. Like, we are all brainwashed from the time we are born. Like, everyone's <laughs> okay. somehow brainwashed. So like nurtured, (laughs) nurtured. Yeah. But it is a form of brainwash the way we think like this is 
because if you think about what brainwashing is essentially, it is like being told from childhood, this is what, what you are, who you are, who you should be, all this kind of stuff. Sure. Some people would call that culture and like, um, yeah. you know, identity, but yes, brainwashing is fine too. <laughs> We're brainwashed as we're born. So, okay, leave, got it. <laughs> so leaving like genetics aside, like, you know, your genes. So mm-hmm. who we are as a person today was like, not who we were the second you, you came out of your mother's pussy. <laughs> oh, God. Why? Why, Jeremy? <laughs> <sighs> That's what I mean. Also, if you think about, like, um, you know RuPaul, right? The drag queen, the famous drag queen? How could I not? You talk okay. about her every episode. <laughs> That's true. So she famously said, we're all born naked. Everything else is drag. I love that line. Oh, I know yeah. Because, like, everything we are today, we actually picked it along the way as we got older. So technically, technically, (laughs) we should be able to unpack them, understand, like, why we are the way we are, and should be able to, like, make changes where needed by, you know, like, relearning certain ways we react or to certain triggers. Like therapy. Sure, but I don't think, like, we haven't picked these things along the way, like some things happen, you know, like people experience trauma, (laughs) you know, like people are genetically predisposed to alcoholism, you know, they didn't Mm -hmm. pick that. Um, So like, I think we're saying the same thing. It's like, you can unpack your behaviors that you feel are self-destructive once you know that they are or once you know that they're a problem mm-hmm. um, and you can change that behavior um, by analyzing it or by going to therapy. But that desire that you have based on some sort of, I don't want to say trauma because not everyone's traumatized, but some sort of event, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that goes away. <laughs> you know? So would you say, say, for example, okay, I feel like we always bring race into this. Sure. But <laughs> a person who innately have, like, not innately, but has this idea about, say, Black people, mm-hmm. a, a white person living in middle America, they think uh, Black people are bad, essentially. And that's what they were bought up with. Yeah. Uh, later on, do you feel like that impulse of them having seeing a black person and you know like you know how they lock the doors sort of idea if they go yeah. to a black neighborhood things like that that impulse could change depending on the education they get and say having a black friend no <laughs> sort of idea i don't i think that they can certainly learn and grow and like get new information that black people are not bad or like all black people aren't bad, you know, just like all white people aren't bad. Um, And that they can stop doing these behaviors like locking the door or crossing to the other side of the street or clutching their purse. But I really sincerely feel that even if they go through like the most deprogramming available, you know, they're still going to have those impulses. Interesting, because that is probably where we disagree. Because I was brought up in a society where literally so racist to black people. (laughs) I mean, Uh, so was I. (laughs) Yeah, but in the end of the day, like, I could at least look at look at it from the outside. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, 
you probably knew better because you're like, I have family members who do not act the way that these people think. No, absolutely not. Because my family was very much like, we are the only good quote, wealthy black people. We are the only black people (laughs) who have things, you know, (laughs) I know it's really (laughs) terrible. And so it's like, Yes, I have those internalized racist thoughts, you know, and I certainly fight against it. And if I see someone who's black or brown or whatever, and I have this impulse, like they're scary or like, I don't want to sit next to them. Yeah, because that's how I was brainwashed growing up, you know. (laughs) So we agree it's brainwashed now. (laughs) Well, I'm using your word. Um, So, like, yes, I, like, understand cerebrally that this is happening and why I'm thinking that. And then I, like, intentionally change my behavior. But that impulse, that split-second bias is still there, you know, and I think it is for a lot of people. Um, And I, I don't, I mean, I'm just saying the same thing over and over again, short episode. Um, I don't think people can change that. I think that once it's in you, like from your childhood brainwashing, (laughs) um, it's there, (laughs) you know, I would say my case is actually has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're but, lying to yourself, but no, I'm not. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, I was. Oh my god! If I could just take, if that there was a videotape of what things were were told to me as a child, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like insane to think that that actually happened. It's that's like brainwashing to a point where you're not supposed to date black people. You're not or dark skin people. That's another thing too. Not just black people. Indian dark skin. That's two things as well. Uh, which is also myself, which is weird. Um, there was so many things told to me and I actually hundred percent believed it. Uh, I think we talked about this at some episode as well. Like probably race between minorities. Yeah. Like, uh, I believed it hundred percent. And there was actually a point where, um, I mean, my parents still, my dad, not my parents, my dad still lives that way. Uh, mm-hmm. if he's buying a house in a neighborhood. He will look who's living in that neighborhood. Is it mostly a white neighborhood? Or if it's a black neighborhood, if it's a black neighborhood, he probably will not buy that property. And sure. that is how he almost bought me up. But now I don't even think that way. It is. It has not really. I think it took everything to change. You know what I mean? To actually distance myself. Sure. From her, all that that's a that's a like cognizant thought that you are aware of that this behavior that has been told to you like that your parents have told you is appropriate so you know not dating dark-skinned people black or otherwise um you have the thought process that this is not correct like this is bad you know on that topic on the dating thing there was Mm -hmm. actually a point well all my life well, even to this day, my, my dad or my a lot of my family members says dark skin is not attractive, mm-hmm. um, which also right. there was like trauma with my own self, things like that. Not like, what do they think of me? What the fuck? But um, at the same time, I clearly remember until about the age of 16 or so, maybe 15, mm-hmm. 16, I was actually not sexually attracted to black people, black men. 
Yeah. <laughs> let it go. I'm not women ever. I mean, look, like, so like I'm not a therapist. You know, I can't unpack this like internalized racism. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but that's the what thing it is. Once seems I like. opened myself up and actually having black friends and things like that. Remember, we talked about like I didn't have any black friends growing up, and there was yeah. a reason behind that. Uh, once I started seeing that, I'm like, oh my god, he's fine. Like. It, that sexual attraction started coming back too. So you know how people say like, oh, it's a preference. Like I'm not yeah. attracted to a particular race. Um, that is another thing too, because it's a change that I saw personally in my life. And yeah. also other people I, who actually, once they start interacting with the other race, it's kind of like, oh, okay. They're not as, it's so, right. sort of changes. But so what I'm saying is that that is a, uh, you're aware that you have this that you had that prejudice, right? And then you, I assume, made a decision to go befriend Black people or something like that, right? Definitely, yeah. It was like, right. um, so, it was literally like a challenge to do it at first. I was like, how do I even approach the situation? <laughs> sure. <laughs> but so like the... the and it sounds one of, weird. <laughs> one of the things is like, I think 16 is far too late for like your um personhood to be developed i think it happens like by 5 you know or mm-hmm. some there are some things that i've read about like like personality disorders and having multiple personalities that say it's 2 <laughs> you know oh, um so that was it's like the like, worst time of my life five to two, <laughs> till 5 Right. And so, like, you should take a look at some of your destructive behaviors, <laughs> you know. Like uh, what? Super dest- <laughs> um, like, leading certain people on, like, what? you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are we changing the episode description to calling you Jeremy asshole. out? I'll bring that up. <laughs> um, but so, like, my point is, like, 16 is, it? That's those are not your, like, uh, formative years in terms of like your personhood and identity. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, for like your like social construct and figuring out who you are, but I already think that you are who you are by then, you know? Because the thing is like, for example, I get it. Like if you're like, it's genetic because a lot of the times like for, then it's like saying cognitive behavioral therapy, for example, does not work because let me just Wikipedia the shit. That's not what I'm saying, though. I'm not saying that your um, your identity is genetic. I'm saying that by the age of like five at the latest, you are who you are. You know, like other things are going to happen to you that are going to like influence your behaviors. You but know, what is but- that you that you're talking about? Like you are who you are. But what like is that your you? fundamental sense of self. <laughs> but that fundamental sense of self could change over time too. Like mm. the way we think. So I'm not the same person I feel that I was when I was five versus 10 versus now versus even like last five years. Uh, it sure. constantly changes. Right. Because you experience new things. But yeah. I don't think... So what I'm talking about is like the impulse, the things you find attractive, your desires, you know, maybe 
when you say you didn't find Black people attractive, it's that you knew you weren't allowed to find Black people attractive, so you didn't actually look at Black people. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, how much interaction and, like, visibility did you have with Black people, you know? I mean, they were always around. (laughs) Were they? Where? Yeah, it's Dubai. Like, uh, there's Black Arab people, for example. No, I know, but where were they in in your vicinity? Were they in your school? school. Were they classmates? Did you interact with them? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like... There's on you, TV, all, all, like yeah, just like TV now. doesn't count, <laughs> you know. Like I, I 100 think TV, the portrayal of black people on TV does not count. And I wish that uh, this is a this is a rant. Okay, this is a tangent and a rant. I wish that everyone who were who is using their perception of black people based on what they see on television would realize that these are actors yeah (laughs) you know they're thespians you know they're the nerdy kids you know they're not actual gang members it's no it's not even like the movies it was like so this the tv was actually where i started really looking for the internet was also a thing Mm-hmm. Uh, because I just did not have any black friends and I really wanted to understand it when I, this was around 15, right, 16. But that's what I'm you. saying. Like you didn't have this close contact with black people. Yeah. Like they weren't, but maybe at the same visible time, I was also, is the wrong word, you know, but, they, the, but that's there was thing. not contact. <laughs> I did not have close contact with white people either. Mm-hmm. It was just Indians and Indians and Indians. It was like a cult. Uh, but at the same time, they Literally. my parents did not say anything <laughs> bad about white people. Do you know sure. what I mean? My yeah. family, not just parents, sorry. Uh, so it was kind of like, oh, there was this movie or uh, there's a poster or this person walks by. I'm like, oh, he's attractive. Like mm-hmm. as a kid, you know, I'm not saying you're talking about like intercourse as a child. Yeah. I knew I was attracted to- No one's to, saying that. Yeah. Like <laughs> I knew, like attraction started when I was like, I can, as early as remember, like four years old, like yeah. my dad's friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. So gross. But <laughs> it's not but, gross. <laughs> no, that I think of it because I know him. But <laughs> I see. Uh, but it started at that age. But I clearly don't even remember thinking that a black person who walked by, uh, thinking like, oh my God, he's attractive at right. that age. Be- because they were invisible to you. Do you yeah, know what I'm exactly. saying? Yeah. Right. So, like, if there's no visibility, if you're told that they're not people, <laughs> essentially, you know, yeah. um, there has to be a uh, conscious decision to change that. Um, and I did. But yes, I I know I that changed. you did. <laughs> but I don't think... <laughs> mm, <laughs> I don't think that the fundamental impulse to either not see black people has changed. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're out, who are the people that you notice? Mostly black people actually now. Well, to be fair, we are in Germany. So it's like (laughs) anytime you see someone brown, it's like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? I know. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the biggest change, I would say. <laughs> Move to Germany, everyone. Um, yeah. So what are we talking on a Patreon? I feel like this is like such a deep topic that it does involve trauma in a weird way. It does. Yeah, I I think there. Um, Let's talk about I, how you got into the shopping. 
addiction thing. No, I'm not talking about that. Um, but I think that like everyone early, like in their childhood has just like some sort of, I don't want to say defining moment, but like incident that like gives them a fear or like an insecurity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then that's like, that's like the basis of your personhood or your like identity. You know, that's, that's what I think, but like, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a behavioral. So I do agree with that. I do completely agree with that. Like there's like defining moments. I don't think there's just one moment. I feel like there's moments maybe. That I think there's a first you. moment, you yeah, know, definitely, that everything yeah. is based on is what I'm yeah, saying. There's a first moment, for example, and then it sort of changes almost like the chemical balance of your brain in a way, because especially you are growing up during that time. But since that is done through nurture, I feel like later down in your life, if that is actually affecting you, you should seek for seek therapy, figure out what it is. Uh, for me, it was anxiety. Like um, it's something that I've always used to have like really badly. And then later right, on, I figured out it's because of my for nice instance, dad. Yeah. <laughs> for instance, like how would you have figured out that you had anxiety if your friend wasn't like, girl, you're having a panic attack, <laughs> you yeah, know? Exactly. Right. Yeah, so, because a lot of people are not self-aware enough to say, like, this behavior is detrimental to, like, the way I want to live my life and needs to be changed. There are a lot of people I know who cannot identify these behaviors in themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that is their whole experience, right? So they just right. feel like that's normal in a way. Um, yeah, yeah, this topic is huge. <laughs> yeah. Well, long story short, I'm right. People don't change. And no, Jeremy, I, sounds like a chain smoking. Change. If you can make change, <laughs> at least find a friend who can actually tell you what needs to be changed. I think that is a good one. Like Moral of the story, everyone needs to go to therapy. Yes. Like everybody. <laughs> um, so Jeremy, what's your favorite brand of cigarettes? What? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm tired, and that's the reason why my voice sounds like this. You know what? Smoking is a good a good example too. You know, everybody knows that it's bad for you. I don't smoke. I'm not talking about you smoking. I just want to make it clear to everyone. I don't talking about behavior. Like everybody knows it's bad for you. Yet, and so like then there's this element of like addiction versus behavior. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, addiction, I feel like there is something to say when it comes to genetics, in a way. Yeah. Um, from different studies that have been done, that I've been reading on, like, there's something with, like, if you're generationally coming from a family that has a lot of addictions, uh, mm-hmm. chances of you being, even if you're not born into that family, nurture aside, uh, nature-wise, there's, there's actually a chance. Because they're saying, like, say, for example, if alcohol, for example affects your body there's more of the positive effects that come the pleasures comes from it compared to the negative effects like you know headache and Mm. chances of you Mm. are (laughs) no i'll send you this article it's actually in the bottom of the references Uh, okay good yeah yeah, because like i so like i wouldn't i would not have characterized my shopping habit as an addiction because Because you get like a kick out of it no i know but it was never like um 
I really never did spend 100% of my money on shopping. You know, it was just that I realized, yeah, I didn't because I've always been independent and had to like take care of myself. So it's like, I knew that I couldn't be irresponsible in that way. Um, But what I'm saying is that I realized that like, oh, I get this little burst of like endorphins when I get a package. I need to like look at that because I was so conscious of like, I come from a family of alcoholics and addiction, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, for also, me, did it, can, I, can I be a therapist for a second? Sure. Did you get a lot of gifts as a kid? Like, did your mom always no. give you things? No. Okay. Yeah. Because Almost I read never. about that somewhere. <laughs> Maybe that's another thing too, because I also read where, um, not read, uh, this is a uh, addiction, like sort of documentary I saw. It's like on mm-hmm. TLC. Uh, the shopping addiction, it came from, there was this mother, um, it was a single mother that actually kept gifting kids to shut them up. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, so the kids are like, quiet, here's a present. Oh, no, like, take this, go. It's <laughs> sort like of dog idea. treats. <laughs> so they just, it's kind of like, you know, if you think about like dogs, like when you train yeah. a dog and you give them mm-hmm. a treat uh, and they and they keep doing the same thing and th- that becomes like a pattern. So yeah. the kids just sort of like continued with that and became like, oh, now I need to just gift myself all the time. Here's my treat for going <laughs> to work, you know. Exactly, yeah. Um, but so like back to like alcoholism, like because because I I've always been very aware that like addiction and alcoholism runs in my family. I've never really drank, and then when I do drink, it's not very pleasant, you know. Like, yeah. I don't enjoy it. Uh, I don't get that same positive feeling, as you said, you know, from drinking. So it's like, ugh, why do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's not that if you ha- you come from an alcoholic's family, for example, like, you have to have it sort of idea. No, I know. Just, like, yeah. just talking about this aspect of addiction and genetics that you talked yeah. about. Because yeah. they're saying it's only 50%. The other fifty hmm. percent is literally well. That tracks, yeah. <laughs> you know, with uh, my sibling. <laughs> yeah, is it like yeah. a, your siblings are like that too? No, just so like my sister and I have the same mom, and then my brother and I have the same dad, and so like on my father's side of the family, I don't know of any addiction. Mm. Um, which I could just be <laughs> ignorant. Um, but on my mother's side of the family, I know of a lot of it. Um, and so just looking at like, <laughs> yeah. which sibling likes what <laughs> tracks. And, yeah. In my family, it's like secret addictions uh-huh. <laughs> because Jesus is against it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drinking the, the private God. <laughs> Oh, God, what is that? My grandmother used to really like drinking um, Manischewitz wine. It's like this, like, um, I'm pretty sure it's like this Jewish wine that's used for, like, uh, oh, like for, you know, religious services. And I'm like, what? She takes an extra sip. Seriously, like, had, had bottles of it. I need more of the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me just drink this. <laughs> No, well, Jewish, remember, yeah, so true. not Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Anyways, let's go to All our right. Patreon. We'll figure out what we're talking about there. <laughs> yes, come join us. 
for our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining um, us today. Uh, do follow us on social media. Yeah, go check out our TikTok, our Facebook, Instagram. Um, we have a lot of really funny videos on our TikTok that don't always make it to Instagram because of their stupid time limit. So you should definitely go follow us on TikTok. Yeah, and if you have $5 a month to spare... <laughs> it's or like a coffee guy. Like, at, at this point, just join, listen to all the episodes, and then cancel it, okay? Exactly. <laughs> Come listen to us on Patreon. It's really messy. Uh, and just like the, a personal plea to join Patreon and save me from. I feel like it's like a hostile work environment at this point with like my ex and my mother. It's just like, okay, what can I say? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I know they both also listen to the main podcast, but I'm like, there's there's like a cushion of other people, of wonderful listeners. Not that my mom's not wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, if you could just come like comment on our Patreon episodes and just like I would view it as a personal favor. Thank you, Holden. <laughs> <laughs> the one other person that we have over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got a bone to pick with you. What? Yeah, I'll tell you on our after party. Okay, everyone. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Bye. Bye. bye.